0: Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for his glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. The prophet said something interesting. He said, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. And they that dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, Upon them. After the light shine. Now I want to point out that. That darkness. That Isaiah mentioned there in verse 2. Of chapter 9. Is not speaking to night darkness. It's not the darkness that we experience. When night falls That, that darkness is speaking to hopelessness. So. He's saying, the people who lived without hope, without any sense of direction in their life, which, by the way, speaks to all of us, those that were born and those were to be born, at that time. He said, the people that walked in darkness, it was hopeless. All of a sudden, the light has come. And so we thank God today, for the light that has shined in our hearts in our lives that has been made available to us that no longer do we have to court darkness but today as we sit in this room we can court light the light of the world is Jesus today no longer do we have to court hopelessness we can stand and be assured in God that there is hope that because he lives I can face tomorrow there is a future for you because light has come amen kingdom government the word government speaks to rule as we've said before, government governments are about results. So two words that uh, characterize government is rule and results. So the government does not intend to follow you. The government intends to lead, to rule. Over you. No government intends to follow. Yeah, they'll tell you we are for the people and we listen to the people, but governments rule. So the kingdom government is available not to follow your ideas, but to lead you, to rule over your life as i've said before every government everywhere in the world that has ever existed and that will ever exist has an agenda they are ruling you with certain results or they're ruling over you they intend to rule over you with certain results in mind the kingdom government is no different god intends That his kingdom would rule over us, his government, with certain results in mind. So, God created the man called Adam. And God put Adam in what we've come to know as Eden, the garden of Eden. Eden. And Adam was there under kingdom governance. He was executing kingdom government. In other words, the kingdom ruler put him there and told him that he should supervise, he should govern, he should watch over Eden. So Adam was in Eden under kingdom government. And wow, things went well for that season. No crime. The lion and the lamb fellowship together. No taxes. So no concern when budget was coming. It was that kind of time where Adam was in his element because he was under kingdom government. Adam fell and God promised Genesis 3.15, God promised that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. And so just over 3,000 years after Adam fell, and during that period of 3,000 years, things were going downhill for man everything. Man was getting worse, things were going bad, Uh, murders, crimes, everything that the other kingdom was about came into the picture. So Galatians says that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. So Isaiah 3,000 years after started to prophesy about the coming Messiah. In other words, what Isaiah set about to prophesy was that that which happened with Adam and caused man to be in that downward spiral, solution was coming for it. And so God spoke very strongly to Isaiah, and Isaiah clearly declared what God spoke to him. And so let us read uh, verse 6 of uh, chapter 9, book of Isaiah. It says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government. The what? The government. Shall be or will be upon his shoulder. So follow me carefully. Here is Jesus coming to the earth. Here is God sending his son. With the solution for her problem. Because since Adam sinned and all that things were going so badly the solution was needed so God sent the solution he said unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and he said the government will be upon his shoulder. This is the solution that he was sending. The government, the kingdom government, the government. This government is not talking about governments of this world. I will prove it in the next verse. It is talking about the kingdom government, the rule of the kingdom of God, the rule of God in your life. In other words, go back to basic where you are uh, functioning based on what God said. As when Adam just went into the garden of Eden. He was functioning according to the instructions of God. That's kingdom government. So God said, hey, that is coming back. I'm giving you another opportunity to function according to kingdom government. By the way, before we read on in this verse, it would be interesting to point out that if you look at what God gave Adam initially, it confirms what we're talking about here in Isaiah 9 verse 6. Because in Genesis 1 verse 26, keep this verse here. Uh, in Genesis 1 26, God said uh, when he made man, let them man have dominion. Dominion is rule. We have spoken about the kingdom mandate in this church before. So dominion is rule. Let them have rule. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the year, over the fall of the air and all of that, and every creeping thing, the circumstances, whatever is around them, his environment. He should have the rule. So in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, we identify that God gave man, when he put him on the earth, kingdom government. And so, to solve man's problem, God sent kingdom government. So that means the solution to our problem is not necessarily more money. It's kingdom government. So many people, so many times, we just go off doing our own thing according to our own instruction. We live in our own little world. We make up our own laws that we live by because of our experiences and all that kind of stuff but God is calling you into what we call kingdom government that you are governed by his laws, his principles according to his authority so he said unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given and the government, this is what he's carrying shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called or will be called wonderful, counselor mighty God, everlasting father prince of peace and of the increase of is government that's the next verse of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be, there will be no end. Of the increase, all right, so the, the government is going to be increased in your life. As you embrace kingdom government, it's going to swell. Increase. You're going to become more involved. It's going to motivate you. Uh, You are going to increase. Not just uh, in in the things of God, but according to the things of God. And it says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. In other words, the enemy tried to puncture it one time, but let all hell know That kingdom government is here to stay as long as this earth lasts. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Now remember that a king cannot be voted out of power. The only way you can get a king out of power is for him to die. Because kingdom is not like democracy. It has to die to come out of power. And the fact that Jesus lives forever and forevermore. When he was risen from the dead, he declared that I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. The fact that he's alive forevermore, there ain't no chance of any other king coming into into the picture. So his kingdom has no end. It rules forever and forever and forevermore. The kingdom is here to stay. So upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. It's going to rule. To order it, to establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, let me say that a king is the personification of the kingdom that he rules over. He, in other words, he represents the kingdom and all that the kingdom is about. His action, his presence, and even his name represents what the kingdom that he rules over is about so a king is the personification of the kingdom he rules so when you see the king you really see the kingdom and what the kingdom should look like and all of that that's the responsibility that uh the king carries when you see the king as i said you see the kingdom when you see what he represents you see what the kingdom represents and The very mention of the name of the king announces the kingdom that he rules over. Just the mention of his name announces the kingdom that he rules over. We'll go into that a little bit more. But if you notice, if you read the Bible properly, you will notice that in the Old Testament when the prophets prophesied they would say thus save the Lord. Very important statement. Because that means when you say thus say the Lord, the prophet is saying these are not my words. You know. It's the boss speaking. So you better listen. In other words, thus Saves, save the Lord means that your attention is needed because what you are about to hear is the King speaking. In other words, the kingdom is in action. You are about to hear more things about the King. So they said, "Thus save the Lord." You don't just get up and prophesy in the Old Testament and say, "Well." Don't go down there. No, thus say the Lord. Because that word or a Lord is Adonai, Master, Owner. The owner of heaven and earth is speaking. It requires your attention. Now. His name and his presence are loaded. So when you hear in the New Testament that we live the name of Jesus, it is not just a name. It is announcing the kingdom. It is the personification of the kingdom of God when you hear the name jesus it carries more than uh just an a slight awareness that christianity is around no it's much much more than that it's very important when you hear the name jesus in uh the new testament because as i said the new testament uh jesus or the king is a personification Of the kingdom so for example Isaiah went to King Ezekiah the prophet Isaiah went to King Ezekiah now remember the king personifies the kingdom and all of that and when you go to speak to a king you have to be extremely careful because if he doesn't like what you are saying He can say, well, we don't want to see this guy around anymore. And and that's just the way it goes. So Isaiah went to Ezekiah. And it was a difficult situation, much, much more difficult than we think, because he went to this king to tell him what that king is saying. Now, kings are not generally favorable to that. You come to my kingdom, you talk about my kingdom and my authority. You don't come in my kingdom and uh, exalt somebody else's authority. So here's Isaiah going on behalf of King Jesus to King Hezekiah. And the message wasn't even that pleasant. Either. So you know that it requires some boldness. Isaiah said to Ezekiah, Thus saith the Lord. You see, that's, that's, that's what maybe command commanded Ezekiah's attention. Alright, yeah, it's Isaiah speaking, but once he said, thus saith the Lord. You know, let me humble myself and listen here. Because I, although I'm a king, the, the bigger king can take me out. So Isaiah said, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, or you shall die and not live. Mm-hmm. Isaiah just delivered the message and turned his back and started walking out. And the Bible said, Ezekiah, turn his face towards the wall. Because those words never came from Isaiah. He said, Thus saith the Lord. So Ezekiah turned his face towards the wall and started to cry. The Bible said he wept. And before Isaiah was gone out of the outer court, it's like God tapped him on his shoulder and said, go back. Tell Ezekiah, I, King Jesus, I've seen his tears. I've heard his prayers. And I'm going to add to his days 15 more years. Because he humbled himself and didn't... Uh, behave as if he's the real king oh my god I'm telling you that if we will begin to acknowledge thus say the lord if we'll begin to acknowledge when king Jesus speaks his lordship is kingship it will change some situations in our lives but unfortunately people have started to take of a people's word over the king. People who have no authority in their lives. They allow them to speak over what the king says. There's another situation, and I, I love this one. When I when I got into it, where Moses Moses had this experience where he was living in Pharaoh's house. And this was most interesting because Moses went to Pharaoh. But understand the intricacies of this. Pharaoh was one of the most powerful king around. And Moses knew that because he was living in Pharaoh's house. He lived it so he knew more than what even the other Egyptians knew. Because he was Pharaoh's grandson at one time. So here is God saying to Moses, I want you to go and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. Now, I'm beginning to think that Moses saw some things that we didn't see. Because it's not just about going to a man and tell him something. But it, God is saying go to Pharaoh and tell him thus saith the Lord. As powerful as you think Pharaoh is in your mind, King Pharaoh, go to him and tell him that the king of kings Six. And I believe Moses thought about it all. He said, God, I, it's probably better you choose somebody else. <laughs> because you, you put in me, if Pharaoh don't believe what I'm saying, you know what's going to happen? I mean, just at the move of a finger, Pharaoh can get me out. God said, tell him Thus saith the Lord, let my people go. Again, it wasn't a message that Pharaoh wanted to hear. But, thus saith the Lord. Now, he went and, and Pharaoh ignored, thus saith the Lord, what the Lord said. In other words, Pharaoh opposed not just God, but he opposed the other, the kingdom of God. He's saying, no other kingdom is going to move me from here. I am settled. I'm not giving way to any other kingdom. It wasn't just the, the person of God, but it was the kingdom of God that he was pushing back against. God said, go back to fear." So, different plagues came and all of that. And that thing was heating up. Because I believe that when it touched seventh, eighth time going, Moses realized that Pharaoh's anger was waxing hot. And maybe the seventh time, Moses was hoping to God, please make sure this is the last time. Because <laughs> all I see, I know the man and what I see happening is features and everything it, something is boiling so God whatever you're doing, do it this time don't, don't say goodbye and God said alright I want you to go back to fear it came to plane number 10 God said I'm going to demonstrate that I am the king, that my power is exalted above every other power, that I am the omnipotent one, that Pharaoh only have taught. I am going to demonstrate to you where kingdom power lies. And when God, the big boss, executed some judgment on Pharaoh, and the firstborn in every household was dead, both man and cattle, including Pharaoh's household. You see, Pharaoh didn't get a chance to make the decision himself. The people said, please, let let them go. In other words, we recognize the power of the other kingdom, you know, so that it can't kill all of us. Pharaoh, is dead you want all of us dead. They said, please, please, please. And they called Moses and said, listen, go uh, even if you want anything to help you on your way. We'll give you it. says. The Bible says that uh, some of them Israelites, they, 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 they borrowed because Pharaoh said he would lend and give. but They took all they It's like some of them say, you know, long we're working in Egypt. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> it's, it's our time. Huh? We ain't going out empty-handed. So if you're giving us, although we have to go in haste, everything that is ours, my God, they're coming out loaded. Went out of Egypt because the King of Kings prevailed. Thus saith the Lord. We're in the month of December, the end of the year. How have you been treating, how have you treated the thus saith the Lord in your life this year? Are you still lingering? On the thus saith the Lord from January until now? Is it that you? You're doing like fear and pushing back against it again? Eh? And his kingdom? Some of what the king has requested are simple. All he's saying is come closer to me. Learn to follow me. Come back to me simple request but you've been pushing back that's not the direction I quite want to go uh, uh, today but it's important to understand how important uh, it is to represent King Jesus as I said Moses was in that unenviable position of having to speak to King Pharaoh Who was known as the authority around Egypt. On behalf of his king, Elohim. God himself. But he was bold enough to represent what God was saying. Because as I said before, you see the king is a personification of the kingdom. And the king represents all that the kingdom is about. I remember when I was going to high school, we used to have a uh, a principal, his name was Mr. Stanley Parkins. but my group, and many other classes, people, our name for the principal was Spooky. Now, understand, you you don't call him that in the air shot of his name, right? That's when you and your friends are talking about this. But you get yourself in all kinds of trouble if you ever hear a call in your spooky. You, yeah, you, you get spooked. <laughs> but here's the point If you're in class and talking loudly, making noise, disturbing other classes, or you know, not doing your work and all that kind of stuff which happened in my class quite a bit. If somebody says, Spooky is coming, you don't need to see him. Your book is on your desk in front of you. Everybody's studying all of a sudden doing assignments and all of that kind of stuff. Spooky is coming. Just the mention of his name. Put his presence on the scene. In other words, all that he represents is is kingdom as principle, his authority is before you in the room when you hear his name. You you straighten up. Because you see, when you hear his name, if you don't put a book in front of you, all of a sudden you're seeing his cane, which he wasn't afraid to use. You're seeing, thank you, you're seeing detention slip. You're seeing suspension slip. And of course, you don't want to see suspension slip because seeing suspension slip at, my, at school then means that your parents have to come to school. And then he's going to tell your parents what happened. And you get getting further trouble. So you, you don't want to see that in your talk. But my point is, my point is, his name, just the mention of his name announce his presence his authority his kingdom what he's about that's all um, a king name a king's name announce his presence when you hear the name of jesus it's not just a name hallelujah that is why that name gives more trouble all over the world than, than any other name. If something happens to you in the airport and you say, oh God not many people look at you, but if you say Jesus it commands some attention. You go over to Fontana and something say, you say, oh my God, oh my Lord oh, people walk past you but if you say Jesus It carries a different flavor. It carries a different authority, the mention of his name, of the name of the king. And I want to read something that I never saw before, and and probably you never saw before either, out of, say, Mark chapter 10. I want to read a scripture and show you a familiar text that you, a text that you're familiar with. That I want to point out some things out of it. St. Mark, chapter 10. We're going to read from verse 46 down to verse 52. It's a. It says, "Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho, that's Jesus with his disciples." A great multitude, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road, begging, was begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. It says he began to cry out. Now, that means it's not one crying. You know? I would prove that further. It's not one cry. He's crying, Jesus! Now, follow me carefully. Remember that the mention of the name of the king put his presence and his kingdom on the scene. So, by the name of Jesus by Bartimaeus calling that name over and over. What is he doing? He's putting God's presence and kingdom. So even though Jesus was over there, Jesus kingdom and his presence was already with Bartimaeus. And, And look what happened. Son of David, have mercy on me. Now Next verse. Then many warned him to be quiet. See, when when you don't want something, when you're not in need, you're okay. You can can talk all you want to talk. But I'm, I'm in need here. But he cried out all the more. He cried out all the more. So again, pointing out that it wasn't just a one cry. He's crying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he went on. Son of David. Man, he's addressing the the authority. The limit is going further. Have mercy on me. He is going into it. So uh, Bartimaeus was desperate. And sometimes you have to be desperate to get your breakthrough from God. Some folks are just not desperate enough. Next verse. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. I believe even if Jesus wanted to, he could not ignore Bartimaeus because... Bartimaeus already summoned the kingdom on the sea. Jesus stood still and uh, commanded him to be called. Now before we read the rest of the verse I want to point out to you that it wasn't his loud mouth that stopped Jesus's attention Mm. and it wasn't Is blindness either. It wasn't because he was blind. There were many, many people who were sick. What stopped Jesus' attention, commanded Jesus' attention, was Bartimaeus summoning the kingdom through calling the name of Jesus. Then they called him. Called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise. He's calling you. Uh, next verse and throwing aside his garment I mean he's in a hurry here he can't even see but he knows he's going huh? <laughs> 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 throwing aside his garment he rose and came to Jesus and Jesus answered and said to him I love what do you want me to do? what do you want me to do for you? Me? which means that Jesus had the package there. Yes. You understand? He didn't say, look, it's not like Peter and John get beautiful That's a silver and gold are none. Mm-hmm. So, I don't have this and I don't have that or whatever, but what do you want? In other words, the kingdom is here. You saw the kingdom. What do you want out of the kingdom? Glory. Glory, Glory to God. That's That's so important. When you summon the kingdom on the scene of your circumstances, then the whole kingdom is accessible to you. Jesus said, what do you want? You summon it. What do you want? It was obvious what Bartimaeus wanted. But he needed to declare it. And Jesus was making sure he knew that the kingdom is here. What do you want me to do for you? I mean, Bartimaeus didn't have to think twice. Mm -hmm. He he knew, and you see, he didn't ask for money because it was available too. He didn't say, "Give give me some money that I buy some food, man." I can't see and I want food. What do you want? The blind man said to him, "Rabboni, Rabbi, Master, that I may receive my sight." Oh yes, that's in the package too. It's here. You already in the kingdom. Healing is in the kingdom. Yes, ma'am. So if that's what you want, it's here. Yes. L- look at the other verse. Hallelujah. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. The King James says "Thy faith has made me hope. Now, I want you to look at this carefully. The kingdom was present, but Jesus said to Bartimaeus, Look, what opened the kingdom for you, the key that you used to open the kingdom, is your faith. It, look here, you didn't get healed just because I'm here you know. It's because you opened the kingdom, the aspect of the kingdom you want with your faith. It says, It's your that has opened the kingdom for you. It is your faith that has penetrated the kingdom and has opened it for you today. So I'm telling you that not because Jesus is present automatically means something is going to happen in your life. You've got to take them kingdom keys and access the kingdom. So Bartimaeus exercise this faith. And the faith that he exercised opened the kingdom on his behalf. That's the kingdom that we're talking about today. Open the kingdom. He said, your faith has made you well. How did it start? How it started? By calling the name of Jesus. What a powerful name at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God there is no other name like the name of Jesus his name is wonderful counselor mighty God what a powerful name the name of Jesus, I want to read another text. Uh, as we're looking for that, uh, that's Mark chapter five. But I was reading something, reading, listening something from this guy that was that's a former Satanist. He's now a a minister of the gospel. God delivered him from uh, that occult world and witchcraft and all of that. So this guy was maybe as deep as you could get into Satanism. So he he, he would tell you about his uh, experiences going astral traveling, just traveling through the air, or levitating You know, floating in the air, that kind of stuff. Amazing stories. And he said that one night, while he was a Satanist, they were having their meetings. And he said their meeting generally from like 12 midnight to 2 a.m. That's the time that they would meet. And he said they were in this big room. Satan himself was there. And they were discussing things as to how they're going to attack the city, the churches in the city, and how they are going to come against the city and destroy the city. So plans were in gear and uh, people were given their different assignments, to work, where, and all that kind of stuff. And he said, during the meeting, somebody in there mentioned, was saying something and mentioned the name of Jesus. And he said, Satan fell off his seat like a boat, like so he said, don't wonder, what happened? And it took him about 30 minutes to come back to uh, some sort of consciousness. And he warned everybody in here, huh? don't ever call that name again. <laughs> I- I'm telling the man in his experience He said, don't call that name. Never, ever mention that name. If you want to talk about him, you can say the man. <laughs> but don't mention that name in here again that's the name of Jesus what a powerful tool. what tool you have I don't even use it you don't even rebuke anything in your life anymore in the name of Jesus Mark chapter, chapter 5 then they came. Where am I? <laughs> Then they came to the other side of the sea, the country of the galleries. And when he had uh, come out of the boat, immediately there met him, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains. And you know something is wrong just from what you read here, that no, nobody lived among the tombs. I have to tell you that when I was going to primary school, we would have to walk past a cemetery every day. In fact, we were around. I was listening to one of the athletes, one of the, I don't remember which one of the, World champion, and they asked him how he learned to run. And he said they used to have to pass a cemetery, <laughs> and it was about who could get by close ah uh, faster. Because if you're left behind, you just feel like somebody's grabbing. <laughs> so he would have to outrun the rest of folks. That's how we learned to run. So, but this man i his dwelling there, so that's where he sleep he cooks, he he. He talked to his demon friends. There, that, that's, that's where he lived. He had his dwelling among the tombs because um, he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him. I didn't say rope, you know. I didn't say rope. Chain. That's some extraordinary strength, yeah. The chains were pulled apart by, in other words, in Boston. Pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken into pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. Next verse. So, we see the kind of violence that was coming up. And always, 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 night and day, It has to emphasize it always, and then it says night and day. So you can't miss the essence there. It it was continuous. Always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus afar, afar, he ran and worshipped him this verse Before before read this verse I, i believe that the devil satan prepared this man to be a mockery to jesus to try and be some sort of a mockery to the kingdom so he was well cured in demonization I mean, the guy at his dwelling, he he, he he was possessed. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Now, as I said, I think the devil prepared him, but he made a fatal mistake. The way he addressed Jesus, he was summoning the king without even realizing I'm telling you that sometimes some people call that name and don't realize what they're doing. But you summon in the kingdom. So, here he's saying, what have I to do with you? If he had left it there, probably would have been okay. But he said, what have I to do with you? Jesus. And then he went on to say, son of the most high God. Oh my God. He's acknowledging the son of God, the majesty, the power of God and the kingdom of God right here. See, we do I'm "I implore you by God that you do not torment me." Now, I want you to understand that generally, demon-possessed people cannot help themselves. Somebody has to pray for them and bring them through deliverance. The On me, they don't speak right, but some words came out of his mouth that put the kingdom to work in his life. Jesus. The Son of the Most High God. He's saying, "Oh, I acknowledge your authority." Well, that's enough to put me to work in your life. You don't know how the kingdom works. And then he's saying, "I beg you not to come. Not, not." Because he knew the power. For he said to him, Jesus, come out of the man. Unclean spirit. Then they came to Jesus. And saw the one who had been demon possessed. And had legion or many spirits. Sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. They saw that the kingdom worked in his life. I know we skipped out a few verses. But they saw that the kingdom worked in his life. He was now in his right mind. Call it out the name of Jesus. And if you read on, we're not going to read on today. It says that the man was asking Jesus, can I spend time with you? Jesus said, no, 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 go home. Go home and go tell your parents, go tell your people what happened and all of that kind of stuff. Jesus is so interesting. He's like, ah, oh, you have to follow with you. Just go and tell your people what happened. But well, I'm telling you, the name of Jesus summons the kingdom of God on the scene of your circumstances. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and ensure you have a great day.